and welcome to this podcast series from Prompt Business Strategies, the turnaround and growth specialists. We will be taking a close look at the world of turnaround and exploring how to grow your business. We'll be talking to the people who've experienced it, from financial directors to lawyers and business owners, in order to give you insight and practical help. So if you are faced with dealing with a similar situation, hopefully it won't seem so daunting. We'll be joined by a range of experts to discuss the hot issues. We hope you enjoy this podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be looking at the current problems in the FMCG sector, as well as the areas where FMCG businesses can trip up and seriously damage their performance. Prompt has many years of experience of supporting and improving the outlook for companies in this situation. I'm joined by Prompt's FMCG expert, John Ingram. John, hello. Now, this is interesting for me because I don't, because you're a specialist in obviously the food sector and it's not um, a sector that I know huge amounts about because I've, I've never worked within it. So I'm really interested in what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. So, I mean, what what is the current situation in FMCG? Well, I mean, the, the recent rise in, in the UK and world inflation has, has obviously seriously affected everybody, um, and particularly the, the food industry. Um, I think general inflation is at 13%, but food food is fresh foods about 15 So, I mean, that's that's enormous. Yeah. And, I mean, it's affected a number of areas within, within FMCG. It's affected the, the, the way consumers buy, the, the consumer behaviour. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's continuing to buy what I suppose what I'd call essential food, um, and but they're watching prices much more, um, and what, anything they class as luxury goods, which might be chocolate. So they and they're probably you know they're, they're starting to think about starting to think about whether they should w- want to buy that. I mean, some of the good news is that it, it in, in certainly in, in FMCG and certainly in the luxury stuff at Christmas everything was back to normal. Everybody went back to buying. All the things, you know, every everything that they needed, and I mean, also some of the supermarkets are now the the, the big supermarkets are price matching. So again, it's, it's it's helping. I think some of the things I know I saw recently, Sainsbury's just matching Aldi with some products and not everything, but then you know that's that's a good thing. And I mean, the, the knock-on effect has been, I think, there's been significant pressure put on the suppliers, i.e. The, the, the guys buying, us, uh, making um, FMCG products. And, and I mean, they've been suffering through increasing raw materials, particularly things like dairy costs have gone up significantly. Um, and obviously the overheads as well, the energy transport because of fuel has, has also gone up significantly. And they're currently under, um, you know, I know the strikes that are on aren't, aren't related to the workers in FNCG, but everybody is now saying, hang on a minute, if everybody else is going on strike, why aren't I getting more money? So I think the labour is expecting to be increased as well. And as a result, I think they're, they're losing some of their experienced labour to go to other businesses who are paying more. Um, really? So there's a, there's, I think there's a labour shortage as well. And another thing, if you can't get the raw materials because they're not available, you might find that a product takes 10 materials, but you can't get one of them. So as a result, you can't make that product. And therefore, that goes comes on to, to shortages for, for, with customers. That then turns into bad relationships with the, with the customers as well. And I know the big supermarkets particularly, they've always been, and I can go back 30, 40 years, where they've always been very, very tight on or very hard on prices and not wanting you to put your prices up. 
And at the moment, they can't put their prices up. Well, they are, you know, they don't want to put their prices up. So they're not allowing the FMCG companies to put their prices up. So I think, you know, that's that's where, what the FMCG is in at the moment. I think, you know, we can see how we might be able to get out of it slowly, but it's but I can see why they're in trouble at the moment. So. Yeah, and I mean, as a consumer, you go to the supermarket and you see like holes in the shelves, and I've been very—I've really noticed that. And and just the cost of my sort of weekly shop for very hungry teenagers, you know. No, so, um, I fully understand that, and I, and I think you know, there's also the other things that have been affecting it is is been a push, obviously, to 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 reduce greenhouse gas emissions over the last few years, you know, and that affects particularly affects packaging, you know, is what you can put your put you can put your product in. And again, there's increasing allergen requirements. I know we've come across a couple of companies where you're making something and you're supposed to, you've got to clean out your what you're making it in. But if you haven't cleaned it out properly, it might still have nuts in it. And I know you see on products, this may contain. But again, if it does happen to have some, you know, all the things that can go wrong, particularly fresh food. No, it's interesting because, I mean, that's a massive amount of, sort of influences that are affecting a business you've got stuff coming at you from every direction and you know people like like Cadbury's they were originally family-owned businesses and a lot of these FMCG um, businesses and you, you see them now sort of starting up as sort of yogurt makers or as you say chocolate makers or whatever um and they're all family owned and they've been like that for a long time do you think these sort of family owned businesses suffer because you might have the person who sets it up who's worked really really hard at the business for a long time building it up but then they want to keep it in the family because they work so hard and there's a lot of emotional attachment so they bring in the kids and do you think not expanding skill base that they have within that business is detrimental to them and do you think they have the skills to create a business that has longevity and can actually manage the kind of problems that we're seeing now i think i mean again as you say i've come across i've come across quite a lot of um, family-owned businesses as you say quite a lot of the businesses in fmc have, have come through family and the first generation as you said built it up have worked very, very hard to build it up, um, and it's 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 their hobby almost. Um, but they want the, the next generation. They want it to still stay in the, in the name, whatever. And quite often, the next generation are either not capable, that's the right way of putting it, or not particularly interested. The first generation have worked very hard. They probably were reasonably poor to start with, but they built up a really profitable business. The next generation have never been poor because their parents or the rest of the first generation have brought them up to, 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 to just take money. And certainly when we've been, when Prompt have been in, I've got one example where we went into a business where the, the next generation, the, the guy who was, was, had been put in charge, actually in his head, they, they owned another completely different business. I can't remember what, what it was, but it was a different type of business. It wasn't FMCG. I think it was hospitality. And he wanted that bit of the business. That's what he wanted to work in. But I think the, the parents had given that to the to the daughter or whatever. And so he came in and he was not interested at all, which which means they have to recognise it. It's, it's the actual recognition that says, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. And as, as we've said before, prompt go in because the business is in trouble. And so often it's, it comes across like this. You know, the, 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 the family want them to run it, but they've, they, they, they can't or they don't want to, one of the two. And, and, and that's it. It's, such, it's so 
it's such a regular occurrence that I've, we've come across in these businesses. So you have to be so motivated. I mean, people underestimate how hard it is to to run a business. I mean, I know how hard I work with with mine, um, and I, I think that comes as a shock when it's handed over sometimes um, to people. But I, I also think that it's quite hard to admit when you don't have a skill or some people find that very hard and to actually get that help in but you have to recognize that to be a good manager and, and i think one, one of the things that we do at prompt and particularly one of the things that i've i've always tried to do is to is to is to get on the side of the people that you're working for they need to either change some of the people that they've got or that, yeah. that they they need you know they need to employ experience um but that's so much about getting them get, getting them to trust you you know, a, a lot of it is about numbers, but a lot of it is actually about us being in there to actually help those people, help the company, help the people in the company um, to actually look at, think a different way or look at the, 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 whether the people that are working there are, are any good. No, absolutely. And the numbers is really important because one of the things that I come across in my work is people who don't recognise the difference between profit and turnover. And they just think if they keep selling and their profit, their turnover goes up, that's great. But, you know, if you, your turnover is a million, but you're spending a pound under a million to to earn that, you know, then you, you're only making a pound's profit. So, um, and people don't don't always see that. So do you, do you find... Yeah, I was going to say, I've got one, a classic example. I can remember going into a business and, and you know, they were, uh, they said, well, as long as I increase sales, as long as you sell more, we'll make more money. And I said, but if you sell more of a product that makes a loss, you actually make a loss, a bigger loss. And it was like a light bulb moment for them to actually realise, as, as far as they were concerned, their, their problem was they weren't selling enough. Um, but, you know, they've got to sell the right product. It's not, there's no point in selling a product that makes a loss and make more, you, you make a bigger loss. But actually people don't, don't see that quite often. And it's introducing sort of systems for costing out and looking at your costs, isn't it? Do, you, do people do that a lot? I think with well certainly with most of the FMCGs that we we prompt have come across and and the ones I've been to as well, when the business is going well, they just leave things alone, yeah, and they there's an automatic assumption, and again particularly in these family businesses that we talked about, that it will always go well, you know there's there's no reason why why should, why is things going so whilst it's what going okay, I'm not going to change things, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change the system I've got most. FMCG businesses, obviously, they buy raw materials and they make stuff. So they have a, they have an MLP production planning system, um, and if it's implemented correctly, it can run the business beautifully without any input. If you don't have one that that works well and you don't um, upgrade it to, to keep it up to date, a lot of the businesses again would come in, come into them and prompt have gone in, and they haven't got IT experts or they haven't got an expert that understands the systems that they've got they've employed an it expert but it does, they don't understand how to run the mrp system or they don't you know or they just they they've had again it's family business that those people have been there forever you know and, and again one of the things that we i came across a business years ago and, and they didn't understand why they were in trouble they said the quote was somebody's invented the internet and so all the rest of the competitors strangely enough had online ordering systems um, but they didn't and they had, to a certain extent had no idea what effect they're having on the rest of the business. I mean, I got one classic example, again, a case of the business working together because the, the, the decision on buying or looking at a piece of kit, the chances are the engineers out on the, on the shop floor 
are the ones who will have an idea about what the bits of kit we want to do. But you need to have finance involved as well in order to put the cost together and put and, and build that whole um, case together to actually make make a difference. I'd like to think that we can see that inflation is easing. <laughs> And, you know, the relative cost of raw materials and energy may start to come down. Um, and, and so that should make a, a big difference to, to everybody, um, and particularly in FMCG, because the particularly raw materials, I think, is, is, is a big thing. The only, the only problem we've got is that the knock-on is we've still got the wage inflation. You know, people, as we said earlier, that, that, you know, everybody's on strike. That doesn't mean the, the factories are going to go on strike, but... Everybody's want you know they're they're still saying that to the to the people who are running the factories. Look, if everybody else is going on strike, they want more money. Why can't I have more money? And so I think wage inflation is still is still a, an issue. And, and I think there are there's, there's still a need to to keep watching that what the customer spending patterns are. You know, those of us who go we go to the supermarket and we, as you said you look at the shelves that are empty, but you we we may well be changing our. Our, our spending patterns, and therefore the FMCG businesses need to recognise that. And I think if you can, if we start to see, and we're early in seeing the, the, the changing patterns, we may be may it may be very obvious that we might should be making a different type of product. So the the new product development, the MPD part of the, all the FMCG businesses should be really really looking hard at what new products they can make either a completely new product or an adaptation and a changing of, of, of a product that they're making now. All products, as far as I can see, are getting smaller. You know, you, you find, you, you look at a product and you, th- you open it and you think, hang on, it used to be twice this size, didn't it? <laughs> Chocolate, definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it, that's, I don't know, that's something that we, we, you know, that we've got to be aware of is that things are, and, and that's one way that the FMCG are particularly are, saving money yes. they are you know but it's but uh, if, if any if you're a customer like me and have been in fmcg for a long time it, i i don't like it i mean it's just i think we're being done you know we're still paying the same for it but we're getting half the size of yeah, the product getting so. half of it, yes and we all yeah. notice don't we with our yeah, absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> the trouble is they haven't i don't think in a lot of cases they've changed the packaging just it just falls around it just it goes around inside it it's just a, you know they, 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 they oh, i don't know anyway but I think overall, it's had a hard time, um, and and it will respond. It will come back, and it will ultimately it will get back to normal. Um, but I think particularly if we take if the businesses can take note of some of the things that we've said in this, you know, in, in this in this podcast, there are there are a lot of observations and recommendations of things that we should be doing. And I think a lot of that, you know, the changes in the systems, keeping them up to date, all all people and all the rest of it, is there. I think I think. We will see. They'll, they'll get out of it. It's just it's going to take time. But I, I think I think they're there. <laughs> no, well, that's been brilliant, John. Thank you so much. I found that really interesting um, and really, yeah, fascinating. Actually, really interesting to find out about the industry. So thank you. And I'm sure everybody's found that really helpful today as well. And some really practical ideas to go away and think about. So so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by Prompt Business Strategies, the turnaround and growth specialists. If you want to get in touch with David Stone or any of our speakers, please visit our website, promptstrategies.co.uk and use the contact details you'll find there. All the views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and are general, so they do not constitute professional advice. 
If you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation, then please do talk to us directly.